Hello, Sexy Sunday. It's the best day of the week because I get to share a convo with you about sex, relationships, and being the most free and confident version of yourself. I'm big on making my own rules and normalizing these kinds of conversations because I believe that the more we talk about it, the better sex we're all gonna have because we'll be more educated and hornier. We walk around and hardly broach this topic in our normal lives, but I'm trying to change that. This is storytelling that's entertaining as hell, that will leave you laughing and gasping, introducing ideas that'll change you and break you open to celebrating your sexy self. Come with a curious head and brave heart, and let's play. I'm Bonnie Weeks, and this is gonna be fun. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Ah, this is one of my favorite people ever to talk to today. This is my friend, Taylor. Hello. This is my friend, Taylor, joining me today. And um, every time I have the opportunity to podcast with Taylor, it makes me so delighted and if you are wondering for some social proof of this, <laughs> we've, we've done a couple things together. Yes, to say the least. Yeah, you can find past episodes as, as this podcast is in its baby stage and just being birthed. We have been talking about sex for quite a bit. And over on my other podcast, Yoga Strong, we have had a monthly series where we have been talking together for gosh, like there's, I don't even know how many episodes, like over a year we were doing that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really it was like, I think this is, this feels really important to have you here Taylor today because that was why this is birthed. Yeah. I'm so grateful to be here and to just have the opportunity to continue these conversations with you. I think they are so important. And I feel the same way. You are one of my favorite people to talk to. And I just love that we have a space to do it. And thank you for having me. Thank you for having these conversations with me. Oh, um, I did have this dorky moment yesterday where I was like, I was thinking about us as old ladies. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> And I was like, what are Taylor and I going to be doing together when we're old ladies? <laughs> Wearing big hats and like sitting on a porch somewhere. Oh, talking about topless. sex. <laughs> topless, talking about sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when we're like 78. Yep. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. It wouldn't be any other way. No, no, but that was like a little thought of mine yesterday. I was like, oh, like Taylor and I are going to be friends for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. We are. And, it, you know, I think that's like one of the things that makes um, podcasting so fun together is that we, we know a lot of things about each other. <laughs> we do. We really do. And I think that creates such a foundation yeah. of like stability and trust and honesty and vulnerability and so from that foundation it's like we can't help but show up in a very authentic way mm -hmm. yeah and I, it's like I have told people before if 
if folks use Marco Polo, the video messaging app that I'm like, our podcast just feel like public Marco Polos to each other, but we're actually talking to each other. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, could single, literally take, recording. We could, we could take all of our Marco Polos and just publish them. <laughs> yeah. That's entertaining shit, man. It is. It really is. I don't know if I'd want to go back though. Like, I don't know if I'd want to go back and listen to them because there's sometimes those Marco Polos are so vulnerable and because you don't have anyone talking on the other side and we've discussed this, I feel like it just becomes a random stream of consciousness. And sometimes it's like, do I really want to go and revisit that? Or do I just want to let it be out there for that moment? Yeah. in time where I was and where we were it's true yeah it's true. Mm. well if anybody listens to this conversation and wants to find our past episodes those are findable as the less talk about sex episodes when you go into the yoga strong podcast so you can scroll back a bit and and find some of those as well um and we've talked about a lot of different things and we're going to bring like I, I'm, I'm excited to have a couple things I'm going to ask you that I'm excited to hear about. And then we have, you know, given kind of the way that we have had conversations before, we're going to have a, a topic focus of something that we've been talking about, something that feels interesting in regards to sex and relationships. And um, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> if this is somebody's first introduction to you and I, we... I have a lot of things that have been parallel mm -hmm. and we are both yoga teachers and we both our oldest children are the same like our oldest kids are the same age and um we both are divorced we're both separated from a uh, a partner of 15 plus years mm -hmm. um and so it's pretty close together Not you actually grew up and went to the same high school as my ex which is hilarious so bizarre I was trying to explain that story the other day to somebody and they were like wait so you and Bonnie went to high school together and I was like no me and her ex went to high school together but yeah which again it's just the way the world works yeah we're we all connected in some way shape or form yeah i mean truly and like we've been at retreats together we're hosting future retreats together um we've had nude pictures made together we've like so so many different things and um and a whole lot of differences in there as well yeah <laughs> which is you know I, I, that's like what it is though it's you know having things that really connect us together and then having things that are so separate there that are the things that we bring to mm -hmm. the relationship. And I think that's kind of a, I kind of like the beautiful thing about relationships in, in general. Yeah. Right. It's like, where can you have these crossovers so that you can speak the same language? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then where are there opportunities where, I mean, I know for me, when I speak about our relationship and like the differences, it's just such an opportunity for me when you so honestly share your lived experiences with me and I learn from them. It's an opportunity for me to have insight into a world or a life that is not my own. And it's such a powerful thing for me. Like, especially when you share really 
poignant stories or vulnerable stories. And I'm just like, oh, I'm here for every moment, every word I'm taking it in because that's how we, in my opinion, we grow as human beings is when we have those close connections with someone, we've established this level of trust and then we get to hear from them and learn from them, their lived experiences, their stories, their challenges. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I am stoked about this and I'm so grateful for, you know, the continued like play space that we have created in the podcast and, and a while, I know, like, I think this part is really fun for me where it's, it's the beginning of something mm-hmm. and um, nobody knows what the hell's coming. <laughs> I don't know. And I love that. I think, I think that isn't scary to me for anything that I have ever created. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. And that feels exciting. It's kind of like, well, can you talk about on, on this podcast where I'm talking about yoga and yoga as like a very broad thing. Yoga is the practice of paying attention on yoga strong and, and how does um, talking about sex and relationships like add to our attention, add to our, our whole health and, you know, and, and drawing lines and be like, oh yeah, this, this is a series that can live on yoga strong and um, just throwing it out there. And then to get to this point where I, I really think that was summer, two summers ago, I think it was 2020, I guess I should have done research before this, but I'm pretty sure it was the, the fall, like right, I think it's August-ish of 2020 when we did our first episode together. So we're coming up on two years of having conversations about sex and, and right, and, and that we didn't know. And I think that's like the beauty of, of anything. We can look at it as like, a sense of overwhelm mm-hmm. or a sense of like I have to know and and an anxiety maybe with with that or it can be the sense of wonder mm, yeah and the way that that lives in the body so differently and I think with like the focus of this podcast really being like this exploration of sexuality of sensuality of relationships of of self-intimacy, like that lives in the body and really like, how do we listen to ourselves? How do we like, you know, what, what is that like? And I think the sense of wonder of starting new things and letting it, letting it like just move as it's going to move and like keep showing up and see what happens. I love that. I love it so much. The fluidity, I feel like that lives within that. Mm-hmm. It just feels beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so all this said, we've had a lot of conversations. We've shared more things about our intimate lives than we ever knew we would share at this point. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's just amazing. Um, yeah, I did not know that I would share so many, so many stories about, about myself, but now here I am and, and it doesn't feel hard and, um, and, I do have to say that I was just a couple of weeks ago on a vacation for the first time ever with, with my mom and my grandma, who's almost 80 and my aunt and my aunt's wife and my sister ended up having COVID. So she could not join us that time, but it was this group of people that we hadn't done something together before. And we spent, we spent the week together and, and during that time, 
my grandma definitely referenced some of our sex episodes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that your grandma's listening. So my grandma's listening. Hi, grandma. <laughs> Hi, Bonnie's grandma. Ah, and um, it was just, it was entertaining to me. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, my grandma's listening. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Here's here's what happened to me. And we did have actually I will I'll just continue here. We did have a whole conversation about pubic hair. Okay. Ooh. And um with grandma. And I was like, grandma, because her hair, she is like, I mean, so she's almost 80, right? But her hair got trimmed while we were together, but it was down to her ass, like long silver witchy hair. Beautiful. Like several different like kind of shades in there and like darker in the bottom but like silver and white and just like this gorgeous long hair and um so she has silver hair and I was like grandma is your, is your pubic hair silver like like all the other hair is silver she's like I don't know I, I'm I think I've returned to childhood now like like the hair is all falling out now and she's like, I don't know. I don't know if it was like, we don't have longer mirrors and my belly was in the way. So I don't know if it was or not, if it ever like turned silver. And I was like, need to know this. Oh my, yeah. I kind of want to ask my grandma now. No, but I, um, and I had a conversation recently on Yoga Strong with a, with a woman who is an, um, a little bit older and she had said that this is what happens. And so I was like, I need to ask my grandma about this. And so the next morning, though, my grandma's like, so I looked in the mirror. <laughs> she came and reported. I love this. I love that it wasn't the end of the conversation. She's like, I have to find the answer. Mm -hmm. Yep. So she's like, I looked in the mirror. It's pretty hard to see. Like, it's, it's pretty light color, but it's mostly not there. So we have missed the window of time about, like, about, you know, to see the hair change colors. So I guess this encouragement, this is just like a little point out there if, your grandma's going gray, like ask about the pubic hair, because this is not something I thought of when I was like 14, where I was like, no. oh my gosh, I have hairs. Do I have hairs? I do have hairs. And you're like checking your armpits to see if you're like growing anything. And um, I never thought about it changing colors. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, this is also... Like apparently like it does fall out at, at some point in time. And this is a weird story. Wow, here we are. So it's when I was a kid, I had some planters warts on my feet. Mm -hmm. And I went to a dermatologist and he told me as a kid that if I shaved my legs, my legs would break out in warts. Why would somebody say such a thing? Right, so rude. So also was terrifying. Oh, I was terrified. I was terrified. Yeah. So I was like, well, I guess I don't shave my legs. Well, my grandma, not this grandma, a different grandma, who is, is, this grandma is now 95 at this current moment. So she would have been like 70, close to 70. She's about, she's, you know, much younger, but she's about to 70. So she's old enough now that her hair has fallen out because she's an older lady, but so she tells me, because her perspective that time, she, I can't remember before that, right? She's like, oh, it's fine. You don't have to shave. Like if you don't shave, your hair just eventually falls off. Yeah. 
And so I was like, oh, okay, so I'll be okay. I'll just like not shave and just my hair will just go away. Well, it's not gonna go away till like I'm 17. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I did end up shaving and I did not get warts. Yeah, I was like, and no warts. (laughs) No warts, no warts, but but it, it took a minute, it took a minute. So took a minute, took some like embarrassment on my end and some individuals who made fun of me as a kid, you know, like um, where I felt pretty self-conscious about my life. But um, so I will report when my hair turns silver. Perfect. We will still be friends. (laughs) And um, and when my leg hair decides to just fall out on its own because it's still not cooperating. I love this. And maybe those two will coincide. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I want to hear about one of the first, like what's one of the first memories that you have in learning about sex or talking about sex? Mm. <laughs> So I grew up in a household that was very open when it came to sex in a very interesting way. So I remember at the time growing up, we had this, it was called a black box, like a cable box where it was, we had over like, I don't know if you're listening and you're in your life between 35 and like 45, you might understand this, but it was this cable box that was able to access all channels. So there was no parental restriction. There was no limitation. So, um, and I had two older siblings, my sister and my brother who are seven years older than me. And so having access to this black box meant that I was privy to watching shows around sex and all about sex that they were watching because at the time they were like 15, right? At the time I was eight. And so, and I remember my folks knew about it and they didn't really care. It was like this interesting dynamic. It was put out there, but there wasn't a ton of conversation around it. So my first conversations with sex were very much, I had to fill in the blanks. Like I would watch movies and shows And if at the time I had the courage to like talk with my older brothers and sisters about it, I would. But other than that, it would be like a fill in the blank kind of thing where I would have to figure out what does this mean? What does this look like? Um, I would have conversations with my friends at the time, but they were in a totally different environment. So they were not having access to these shows. They didn't have older siblings. And so it was a very interesting thing for me. And the conversations that I did have with my older siblings were very much rooted in their lived experience as 15 year old kids and like the knowledge that they thought they knew at 15 and what that looked like. Um, And the real conversations that I did have with my folks, it was when I was, it wasn't until I was older until I was like probably 15 16 and I went on birth control because, um, I had a boyfriend at the time and was 
the option, you know, my, my mom knew at the time that like, there was talk between my boyfriend and I, of you know, having sex. And so I remember my mom taking me in the car and was like, we're going to get you on the pill. And, but I don't have a concrete, you know, birds and the bees. Let's talk about have let's talk about have sex conversation. It was very much just, I learned things as I went along from other people's lived experiences. Um, I do remember one time I walked in on my parents when they were having sex. And I think I was like 10 and I was horrified. Like I was just, I remember I was embarrassed. I was like, oh my God, I raced back into my room. I remember I was reading a choose your own adventure book. It was Thumbelina. Like vividly, I remember. Um, and I remember my older brother and sister at the time, they were like, oh man, you are so busted. Like you are so busted. And I just remember this feeling of shame coming over me and like deep embarrassment. And I remember my mom trying so hard to have a conversation with me, like, it's normal. It's healthy. Like these are things that people who love each other do, or people who are consensual adults do like very much trying to have this conversation. And for me, I had only seen that in movies, you know, so the context of like my parents doing something that I had only been shown in the movies was very hard for my young brain to like connect. And so I just remember almost ignoring her, like completely ignoring her head in the book, reading Thumbelina, just being like, I don't want to be in this moment. I don't want to have this conversation. My young brain could not connect the two. Um, so it's a very, like how I came into sex was very interesting. I think, um, it took me quite a long time to understand that like sex and intimacy does not look like what it does in the movies. And coming to terms with like finding my own sexuality and sensuality and what, and it really transferred a lot until I was probably in my early twenties where I finally figured out like what are, what I like is pleasure versus what I thought I had to perform as like what mm. society, what movies, what all these things told me like sex should look like, or what I am obligated to do in a situation. Um, so now like this, now that I look back at it, I'm like, it was a very interesting segue into sex and how it shifted and changed as I got older. And I had to kind of learn for myself what I like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating to think about, you know, I think the stories of, of kiddos when they, you know, of, from adults of when mm -hmm. they were kids and they have witnessed their parents having sex or, or heard their parents having sex or I have some friends that they didn't realize that one of their children had to come and slept on their floor in their bedroom yeah I've been in a situation kind of similar to that where I was like camping with my family and we were in like one room and it was like bunk beds bed like it was a very and I just remember again the moment the things that you remember I remember putting on I had my Walkman and I put on my headphones and I was listening to the beaches soundtrack because I was too terrified to tell my parents, like, I'm here. I can hear you stop having sex. I just like disassociated and put on headphones and like, so, yeah. yeah so it's interesting how they shape those experiences, shape our relationships to sex when we yeah. get older and start having relationships and start having sex. Yeah, it really and, is. And, and like the adults who may not have had 
conversations about sex is that they're dealing with their own kind of makeup or shame or mm -hmm. processing of that and then to be like oh my gosh my kid came in and I feel like there's so much education geared towards parents of like like it's okay if your kids see you like almost like a reassuring to parents like mm -hmm. it's, okay. it's not going to ruin yeah. the kids like you're going to be able to like talk through it but then on the other side there's these kids who are like feeling shameful for being of service so everybody's operating mm. from shame it's both true. the kids and the parents and it's like, so true like what do we do with this it's true and I'm like because I like I remember vividly that overwhelming feeling of shame and I think it carried with me into my future sexual experiences my first sexual experiences um as a young adult just having that feeling, not being ready to fully explore what I enjoyed sexually, because there was a little part of me that was like, sex is shame. Like yeah. there was shame that lived there. But this is also, we've had this conversation about you and your kiddo. Yeah. And having sex or not wanting to have sex. In mm -hmm. Yeah, that he can hear you. Exactly. And it, it did with my ex. It was a huge thing. And, and now it's interesting because my son and I have, we're very close. Um, and we have so many beautiful, open, honest conversations around sex, which <clears throat> I won't go into right now, but, um, you know, very much it's shifted now. And it's definitely one of those things. Like I would definitely feel that shame doesn't live there anymore. Wow. So, because of the conversations, because had. of the conversations. And because I realized that that wasn't his lived experience. Like he didn't mind knowing and knowing that at the time, like his dad and I were intimate and we loved each other and all that stuff. It was my, mm -hmm. I was projecting onto him. Like, he's not going to want to hear this. This is going to make him feel this and all of this stuff. But that was my childhood. That was like the eight-year-old and me that was like yeah. having that conversation versus a grown adult. It was like, now you have an opportunity to have this beautiful conversation with your child and explain what sex really is instead of mm. perpetuating the pattern of keeping it secret. And cause I feel like, and that was a really great conversation that I had with my ex at the time is it was like, what am I doing? I'm perpetuating a pattern by not that I'm saying everyone needs to go out there and have sex in front of their kids. Like, let me put that disclaimer out there right now. Like, not what I'm saying, um, but just an opportunity to have a really healthy, honest conversation. And I think it's important for our children to know that we are sexually intimate with our partners with, you know, whatever that looks like, because it's a huge part of how we connect as human beings with our partners. and. Mm -hmm. For me, at least when I was uncomfortable to, or it was like, oh, the door has to be closed. I have to make sure Max is sleeping. I have to, all this, all these things had to put in place before my ex and I could have sex. It was like, that strained our relationship and that put boundaries where there didn't need to be. You know, we had established such a level of intimacy and trust already there. So I was, I was making it complicated. I was creating more work and it took me having to dive deeper into myself to be like, this is my work. This isn't either my son's or my, you know, husband at the time, this is my work. I need to figure out where that shame, insecurity, 
lives in me and how can I excavate it? How can I look at it? How can I sit next to that and talk with it, become friends with that? I love that so much. I think it is that, I don't know, like the self-intimacy that we build is directly impacts everywhere we show up and, and how we show up everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now I look at the conversations and obviously I won't share them because they are his, but the conversations that I have with my son around, you know, his level of intimacy and like, he's just so brave and honest and communicative. And it's so, it brings me so much happiness and joy to see him feel so comfortable to be able to come to me and say, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, ah. Have you ever revisited that experience with your mom? You know, it's interesting. I have not. I have not. And now I'm kind of like, I kind of want to. Now I kind of want to and and see her, hear her experience. Because for me, I know as a kid, I shut down. I was like, all systems were like done. And all I could... I mean, I remember looking at the book, not even reading, not even retaining information, just being like, pretend you didn't see it, pretend it didn't happen, pretend you're reading a book, regardless of the fact that my mom was sitting right there wanting to have this conversation with me, wanting to engage. And I was just like, mm-mm, mm-mm. yeah. And again, my brain, my child brain could not take movies that I had seen, sex scenes that I had seen in the context of like all of these movies. And then how did that, how do, how are my parents doing the same thing? Like my, my, my brain couldn't merge. It's like, it's like seeing teachers outside of school. You're like, no, this person is a teacher. teacher. Yeah. How are they they shopping? Yeah. They don't (laughs) eat dinner. What are you you thinking about? (laughs) Right. You're like parents, parents don't do this. Yeah. It was that. Yeah. My brain was like, what, what, what they do that. And, and then it was just, yeah. And then it was like, I, I imagine myself as like a robot. It just went all systems like shut down and yeah, my central yeah. nervous system was like, we don't do this. We just, yeah. And it's so interesting too, because um, all of us, like we can say kids are wired differently, but that's like every human is like different and having three kiddos and the ways that sex conversations happen with them all is different. And thinking of your story where you were young and your siblings were older watching things. I see that with my kids. So like my youngest who is, you know, 11 and my oldest who is 16 and the exposure over the past several years that this younger kiddo has had, Mm -hmm. the older one definitely did not have at his age. Right. But it's just kind of like the nature of younger children getting yeah. exposed to other things. And, and the way that this, like my kids react to different things in different ways. And mm-hmm. like I shared in a past episode about, about my kids hearing me have sex and, mm-hmm. and the, the, the kid who calls it out or who asks question is my youngest kid. Of course. Of course. Who has like, and he doesn't, he like wants to to know yeah. like he yeah <laughs> but I think that's so brilliant because he's like right. his brain is trying to put all the uh-huh. pieces together and he's like help me like help me connect right. all of these pieces. yeah 
he's also the one who like wants to be involved in I don't know that everybody does but he's he's a, a different two and that like uh, he will instigate the conversations mm. like he's not afraid of instigating conversations which is really cool there's not a shame in any mm -hmm. of that for him yeah I love that um, at least at the current moment so I hope that is what continues right um, but that he will call out it sometimes or like beat her on the, the bush <laughs> Pun intended, right? um, like I'm like trying to <laughs> I love that it has to they always come up they always pop up right but like the do they <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh stop so corny um uh just the way that he will like so what happened mom mm. before breakfast so I was like well I was waking up and he's like mm -hmm. what happened between waking up and breakfast and I'd be like mm -hmm. I was like oh you mean when I had sex and he's like yeah and I'm like oh was I was I too loud again and he's like yeah mm -hmm. I was like okay sorry about that he's like yeah okay <laughs> I love that. I love that there's this like just put it out on the table. Like mm -hmm. be the first one to call out the elephant in the room. Like here yeah. it is. Yeah. Well, and he'll do the same thing. He does it to my sister actually. So when my sister was visiting, and she, he really wanted to know if she had licked her husband's dick. <laughs> I love this because I know your sister and your child. So I'm like, yeah. this conversation. I know. So he's like, have you linked anywhere between the head and the feet? And then she's like, yes. yes. He's like, how about between the feet and the belly button? Yes. How about between the knees and the belly button? <laughs> yes. How about... Yeah, <laughs> until it finally gets like he's like, how do I like work like, closer, my way? And closer, and closer, closer. <laughs> yeah, and um, I don't know. I, I just I think that for me it's so fun. Like it's so fun. It's hilarious. And you know, once he finally gets to like like that conversation, he was like, oh my gosh, like you have you put that in your mouth and you know that you know it's just like continual conversations about all the things but I don't know if it's if it's regular people mm -hmm. like us like his parents like his yeah. aunt and not movies right and not just like other people out there that it's normal life and that we can have these conversations I think that's I mean, this is our whole goal of why we started the Let's Talk About Sex series. Yeah. Is like, how do we talk about sex more? Exactly. And what happens if we talk about sex more? And that is with our kids, with ourselves, that all of us are trying to unravel what that means for us mm -hmm. and our relationships with that. And if we can have more conversations about sex and really what this podcast is about, as it's like now being birthed, this sexy sunday podcast of like having these conversations is why are we having these conversations we're having them because it changes things it changes it does. the whole experience it expands it it does and like for anybody i feel like for me when people 
share their lived experiences. Like if I'm listening to a podcast or if I'm in conversation with a group of friends and like I prefaced in the beginning of this, like when people share their lived experiences, there's either two things that happen. One, I feel less alone if I'm feeling the same things, you know, I feel like, oh, wow, there are other people out there that are experiencing these same things with me. Or if I haven't had that lived experience or I'm not in that moment, I'm open to a new way of looking at things. I'm open to a new viewpoint. Mm -hmm. And in either of those situations, I think it's a beautiful opportunity for growth and to just, like you said, like unravel the way that we have these conversations and talk about them. And like, I have multiple different like groups of friends that the way we talk about sex looks very different. And I love that because like you said, for just regular human beings living their lives with no education around, like, you know, we're not sexologists. We're not, you know, sexological body workers or anything like that. We are just human beings living life. Um, I think it's really nice to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's also a space that becomes more free to figure out what we want especially mm-hmm. because of the society maybe that we live in that or the culture that that we grew up in whether that's like the country or religious background yeah. or um, the family background right that this some of these things might not have been introduced or encouraged mm-hmm. and so I think it's the same as like having these conversations is it's repatterning right I think it's like what yeah. you said before we are talking about your kiddo where you're like I don't have to pass on the same thing yeah I can break that I can like and maybe the exposure to hearing more conversations about sex and about intimacy and self-intimacy and relationship building will then help like turn on something to be like Mm -hmm. oh it can be different it doesn't have to be the same absolutely like it makes me think about the very first time um my son and I we're talking about masturbation and I think it was a different dynamic than I, I don't even recall having conversations like that with my parents. Like I remember doing it in the closet, you know, like a very secretive thing that I was like, wow, this feels so amazing. And I want this feeling in my body and I just loved it. And I, you know, and there was talk with my friends, but that was even still, you know, we disguised it a little bit you know? And so when I reflect back at that first conversation with my son and like how open and honest it was, it felt so good to just be able to be like, yes, like do this. Like, this is such a beautiful way to connect with your physical body and a way to connect with yourself and figure out what you like and what you don't like. And all of the things, it was just, um, I'm just, yeah, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful that, I have the opportunity to help navigate this human, like help him navigate life. And, and you know what? I mean, who knows? Like he may be having a conversation, what, like 20 years from now with his friend on a podcast or whatever, being like, so this is what happened in my childhood. And, you know, it's like, we don't know. We don't know. It's exactly what you said. We're just trying to do our best. And with the tools that we have in the moment in the time and trying to meet each other where we are. And I think that's all I can do is like a parent is I just try to meet him where he is with the questions that he has and mm-hmm. with honesty and the vulnerability that I can. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, it will be amazing to think like to think about the podcast that the different kids will have. <laughs> Mine, the variety of, of my kiddos will be funny. Like my my oldest who's the same age, um, his friends have found my Instagram. Mm. And so he's like, Mom, I don't get it. Yeah. And it's like they don't they think that you have an OnlyFans page or mm-hmm. you know just like no shade on any of that but I'm like I don't and um like the pictures that I post and he's like it's like you don't want to hear what the dudes are are saying about you at school and I was like actually I do no <laughs> I would like to know it's feedback <laughs> um but um, I, yeah, I just think it's it's interesting. And I was at um, I was at a track meet with him recently, and and was walked like walked over to him where his group of friends was, and and he's like, here, say hi to these girls over here, and and I was like, hey, and he's like, they were just looking at your Instagram, like so it was a bunch of girls, you know. So like the team knows that like I'm over here, and and I guess like I'm okay being that mom mm-hmm. because. It isn't, I think it's, a. It, I mean, regardless if it was sex work, um, like it's not sex work and, and regardless if it was like my ability to talk about it to, and, and it almost the way that, I mean, I don't know, maybe is this true. I think almost in a way that it isn't sex work, but it is talking about body and sexuality, mm-hmm. um, that I enjoy it because it plays a nuanced line. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not here trying to sell sex with myself. And, and I'm also talking about it and celebrating the hell out of like who I am and what I am in wonder about. Mm-hmm. And like that nuanced line is, is really enticing to me. And so if like, you know, high schoolers, if that's like their introduction to some of those things where I'm like a mom who's sitting in the stands and if they happen to read things that like on my page, there's a lot of, you know, on Instagram, there's more than just yeah. like a picture of a body. There's other things there too. So perhaps that is a seed that is their own self-discovery mm-hmm. that is, that doesn't have to look like porn. Yeah. like a porn film that doesn't have to look like something that's other out there, but it's like sitting in the stands. Right. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would love to have one more conversation with you as, as we kind of like dive into this new adventure and, you know, talking about kids and just kind of as like, this is like a little, little drips of like our lives at this current moment. It really is. Um, I mean, there's so much more, but um, some of our intimate relationship lives, and that includes our our relationships with our exes, mm-hmm. and in in the same vein of trying to tell a different story, mm-hmm. I think that being a witness to each other's stories and the ways that we have navigated separation and co-parenting and 
respect and trust with our exes is a different story than exists everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the same as we're like trying to be like, okay, how do we talk about sex? How does that change things? How do we start to like unravel what that has meant other places and how can we do it differently? And, you know, that us being here is very much um, because for exploration with our, with our spouses that we had for a long time. Yeah. And now we have separated from them. And recently you had an interesting experience. <laughs> and um, we just wanted to bring it to the podcast as an yeah. example of um, an example of telling a different story of friendship with exes. Mm -hmm. You want and me to tell the story? <laughs> I would love for you to tell the story. <laughs> Welcome to Marco Polo, everybody. <laughs> yeah, this is in Marco Polo. So yeah, so my ex and I, we are friends. Um, we're good friends. And the thing that I want to shine out is we consciously uncoupled, just knowing that we just no longer, we still loved each other. We still love each other. Love lives there. And the person that I met, all the things that we had in common, like we both have a huge appreciation for cinema and movies and photography and art and all of that stuff. And that still lives there. And so for us, it took a lot of communication around how can we still foster all of those things that brought us together and realize that that didn't disappear. That still exists. It just, we had to be honest with each other and just say like, the one thing we've always said in our whole relationship was like every single day we would wake up and be like, do I still choose you? Like, are you still a yes for me? Um, and obviously there are days where, you know, you might be in a disagreement or, you know, and that no, it might be a no, but eventually our no's overpowered the yeses. And that's when we knew like, we are just not meant to be in a relationship anymore, but we still wanted the other stuff. We still wanted that. So it was very much a lot of conversations, as you know, like you've experienced with your, um, your ex and that is not the story, but that's just what I wanted to preface was like, yeah. this took a lot of communication. No, I appreciate, I appreciate all of that. Cause I think it is a, a, again, like going back to nuance, like let's live in this gray area. There's not yeah. like hard lines of things. Like, I, I think that's more interesting. It's more interesting that these, that the stories that we all carry aren't, aren't crispy, right? They're yeah. not like, Ooh. it's not very clear. And and that we get to choose what it looks like. I have so many people that reach out to me and I, I'm appreciative of every single person who does, who's like, hey, I'm going through a relationship transition. Yeah. I want to consciously uncouple with this person. And the, the more stories that are out there about sex, the more stories that are out there around making your own rules around relationship and spirituality and, and, and parenting and and self-intimacy, like the more examples there are to realize, like for every, for all of us to realize, like yeah. you get to make your own rules. Yeah. And I think that's such a, yourself to do it. It's such a powerful thing. And like, and we still have conversations. Like I knew we, this topic might come up on this podcast today. And so I called him yesterday and was like, Hey, like, I'm going to have some conversations around us 
where are your hard no's? Where are your boundaries? Where are things that you would prefer me not to share or talk about? And, you know, he was like, Any, anything's on the table. Like anything and everything is on the table. And what I love so much about that is because we talk so much about everything. Like we still overly, I don't say overly, but like we still communicate so much that there's nothing that's like lingering in, you know, the back corners that either of us are afraid to come out. It's like, we've put it all on the table. And he even says, he's like, I think it's great. He's like, I think people want to hear these stories. Like I was talking with a friend who's going recently went through a breakup and they said, it's really reassuring to hear that you still hang out with your ex and that you still like plan movie nights and, you know, consciously do this. It's reassuring that I can have that too. Because not all the times when we separate from people, sometimes it's just that it's just like, it just doesn't work anymore in this, in this way, but how can we change it to meet the, the way that it could. Right. Um, And, and like the caveat that it might not be, it it might be best that it does not Yes, in in some situations as well. Like it's not safe. It's like, exactly. Super unsupportive. And like, like there is definitely situations that this should not happen exactly and and also make your own fucking rules exactly and that's the thing is like whatever it looks like for you be be powerful in that Mm -hmm. um but the the story that bonnie is referring (laughs) to is it's just too good it's too good so i recently went in the okay, so the time, the reason, <laughs> let me just share the reason why. So, I had during this time frame, I had gone on a trip, and I don't know if you know this, but like whenever I go poop, I like use wipes or like a bidet, there's something in there that makes it so this is a clean, loving experience for me. Well, I had been traveling. And I'm a regular human. My body doesn't care if I'm on a plane, if I'm on a boat, if I'm in somebody's house, like if I got to go, I got to go. This is where it's happening. Like Uh some people like, like their body's like a hard no. My body is like, no, we are doing this regardless of where we are. So I was on a plane and I had to go. And I don't know if anyone's familiar with the toilet paper that is on the plane, but it is like, it's terrible. It's like sandpaper. And so I, the, the super thin kind too, Yes, the kind that gets stuck in your pussy when you're oh. like, somebody else has like going down, you know, they're like, yeah. oh, is this toilet paper? <laughs> right. So it's either stuck <laughs> in your pussy or it's violating your asshole. <laughs> so my experience was one of the latter and it irritated my butt. Like it really irritated my butt, which then kind of perpetuated this irritation of my butt. And so fast forward, I'm home and my butt is just bothering me. Like I'm aware of my butthole. Like it was just like, I am aware of this. And of course, (laughs) as I'm like in the shower, I'm trying to feel like, is there like a hemorrhoid back there? Like what's happening? Like what, you know, I'm trying to feel, I'm trying to look in the mirror, I'm trying to navigate. And it's just, I can't, like the angle just isn't there for me. So my question is who will look at my butthole? who do I know that I can call that will look at my asshole? And I do have some friends that, that when I shared this story, they were like, I would 100% have looked at your asshole. (laughs) And I was like, yes. And 
I actually need somebody. And obviously people are listening. You're probably like, why didn't you go to the doctor? It wasn't that bad. It wasn't anything where I was like in pain or at, like, it was very much like something is off, but I don't really can't put my finger on it. (laughs) And so I call my ex and was like, Hey, I need a favor. And he's like, absolutely. What's up? And I'm like, this may cross a boundary. So if it does, like, just let me know. And like, I will find somebody else to do this. And of course he's like, what's going on? Like, I need you to look at my asshole. <laughs> and I wait, like I wait. Cause I'm like, oh my God, what is this response? Like, you know, like my face is kind of warm and I'm like waiting to figure out like, is he going to be like, Taze, that's mm, sure. Come on over. That's his response. Come on over. He's like, I'm home. Come on over. And I'm like, really? He's like, of course our son's in the background being like, what? Like what? And I was like, it's fine. It's fine. That's fine. So sure enough, I go over there, walk in and we're both like standing there and he's like, does this feel weird now? And I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it really does. So of course I just pull down my pants, bend over the couch. He spreads my cheeks, looks at my asshole at one point was like touching it, just making sure. But I was like, there's nobody in the world who has seen my asshole more than this person. So if anything is different down there, mm-hmm. he would know 100%. Everybody else who's like other people would be like, this is a new asshole. Like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Um, but yeah, so can we normalize asking our exes to look at our our assholes? <laughs> That's but then I I had a conversation with a friend later who was like, I've done that with their ex. They called their ex and had them look at their vagina and was like, something fell off can you look at this? And I was like, okay. So I don't know. It just, but in the moment, the reason why is like immediately after I, I pulled Bonnie and was like, so I just took friendship with the ex to a whole nother level. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the visual view, cause are you, are you bending over the couch? Where I was bending, I was bending over the couch. Yeah. Cause it was like one of those moments where I was like, do we go in the bed? Do we go in the loop? Like, where do we do this? Cause we obviously didn't want it to be sexual. So it was like, like, how do we do this? And I was like, I'll just bend over the couch. So I was like in his living room, dropped my pants, bent over the couch. And I think the visual of him just like pulling your cheeks apart. <laughs> well, and at one point he did touch my butthole with his finger and he was like, he was like, so I'm going to touch your butthole. And I was like, okay, cool. And it felt so not uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. it was so comfortable to me. Cause I was like, this person has been back in around all of like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I, and I'm sure there are people out there listening that are like, uh-huh, I've done that. I've, yeah. I've done that. Or like, cause there's just the familiarity with totally. a person. And I think like you and I, especially cause we were with our partners for like 15 plus years. It's like, there's so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. There feels nothing I could share with that person. That is not nothing is I, I there's nothing. Everything feels just like safe. Yeah. Like that felt like a safe place to go. Yeah. Yeah. I love the story so much. And I like, it's just like, it's just a, it's breaking the rules. 
Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you, once you do this, you don't do this anymore. I mean, like the amount of people who get back together and have sex with like an ex. Yeah. Pretty damn high. Um, yeah. But it makes sense because it's, there's a familiarity with that, mm -hmm. you know, but I think in this way of like, okay, here's some boundaries with this, like mm -hmm. I'm not coming over here for you to look at my asshole and then fuck me in my asshole. Just like tap on it gently, make sure there's nothing weird. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and like you have the clear, right. Your asshole's fine now. Oh yeah. Everything's good. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> it was just irritated, but like, for me, I will dwell on that. And I was like, and I was like, okay, do it. Should I, do I need to go to the doctor? Like, mm -hmm. but every, everything was fine. My asshole was fine. It was just irritated. And I knew that, but I also needed a second opinion. And yeah. <laughs> he was my second opinion. And he provided. He provided, he showed up. He Thank stepped you. up to the plate. He was like, I can do this. I can look at your butthole. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's different because if like, yeah, sure. I would have looked at, you could have like, backed up to FaceTime like, <laughs> FaceTime your ass to me <laughs> oh my god I'm crying I'm crying that that image trumps the image of me bending over a couch if I were to back my asshole up to a FaceTime because <laughs> you were one of the first people that came to my mind I was like I wish Bonnie lived closer because she would 100% look my asshole yeah. And I was like, I could ask my mom. I was like, my mom would probably look at my asshole. But then I was like, this is just mm -hmm. easier. Mm -hmm. One, my ex lives like five minutes from my house. Two, I go back to the fact that he's seen that part of me more it's than that experience. Exactly. Yeah. He knows if something, and he even said, he's like, if anything were different, I would know. And I was like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's new territory for everybody else. I know, me too. Like, and yeah, I would have been like, okay, lean a little bit left, like angle. Just <laughs> yeah, back. right. You're like, I can't see. Hold on, let me get him. <laughs> Can you get a flashlight to shine? Do you on? have a before picture? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need a before. So I can, yeah. And that's the thing. He needed the before and after. He was just like, I know what it looks like. Uh -huh. Yeah. And then me coming home to my son being like, so dad looked at your asshole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He did. Everything cool? Everything's great. Cool. Like, mm -hmm. As long as his comments be like, what the hell? What are you, what are you saying to him? Yeah. He's like, did you what just ask dad to look at your butthole? And I was like, I did. You mm -hmm. heard that correctly. I did. And he said, yes, I will be back in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that that when you're in the crux of, of untangling a relationship yeah. and when you're figuring out which books are whose. Mm -hmm. So different. Yeah. Let and, me preface. This has been a while since we've like uncoupled. Right. So. But like, like there's, and the many people in many different stages, right? And, and um, like my grandparents are 95 and 99 and both yeah. alive and both still together. And they had messy things that they have had to navigate. But like, mm -hmm. I don't know what they've been married for like 60 plus years, 70, I don't even know, like so many years, right? And then 
for some people who are married short time and divorce, like there's just like, there's just a, or people who don't even get married at all, right? Like there's such a broad range of what relationship looks like. And, and that for those who definitely are in like that, that messy middle of like mm -hmm. what goes where and yeah. who goes where and, and where the unknown doesn't feel like wonder yet. And it feels more like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm going to like keep moving forward. And it feels like gritty. Like yeah. it also feels like that when you begin things and it doesn't necessarily always contain wonder, but there is that possibility, right? So like there's, when it's in that space, like that's not necessarily the space that we're current, like you and I are operating from, but we know that too. Absolutely. And yeah. It is a process and I think just watching people that I know are close to me and, and for you and I know there's people in, in your life as well that are navigating mm -hmm. those current spots. Yeah. That this, that your ex looking at your asshole might be something that exists in your future. <laughs> it doesn't have to exist right now. Yeah. And that if there is this desire to tell a different story of relationship, that is possible. And that also might require some separation in order to build that type of trust again. Yeah. And I think that's what was so important about me prefacing, like there had time has gone by like a lot of time and so many conversations and so much space, like you said, like there was space that had to exist before we could come around and see the friendship that lived there mm. because there's so much rawness and, and pain and discomfort and sadness and heartache that lives when you are uncoupling from a person. Um, and so it, there's, I do believe space is needed so that we can circle back and see what lives there, if anything. And that's what I love is like, it doesn't always have to look like this, but can it look, I think that's just what the reason why at least I love sharing stories like this is encouraging people to write their own story always. Like, what does it look like for you and your person and your partner and your life? regardless of what anybody around you is saying or doing, what does your story look like? And for us, it's this. For mm -hmm. Kyle and I, it's this. And it feels good for both of us. And it's a constant check-in. Is this okay with you? Is this okay with you? Mm. Yeah but I wouldn't want it any other way. And I'm so grateful that we had the relationship where it didn't, it, this could foster, this could grow. Mm. Because when I met him, he became my best friend. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That is a beautiful way to end this episode together. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. Thanks yeah. for letting your asshole be out here. <laughs> I know. It's so interesting because I, I was 
I'm going to share this story and we can wrap it up. It kind of parallels with your story of your son at the track meet, but I was having dinner with a friend and um, someone came up and was like, I had taken a yoga class of mine and we were just talking and, and asked like, um, how come you don't post naked photos anymore? Like you haven't posted and not out of a curiosity of like, it was a very sweet, very much like I loved the exploration that you would speak to when you posted those photos or the process you were going and very much enjoyed the, you know, the vulnerability that lived there. And we had a conversation and they left and my friend looked at me and they were like, does it ever weird you out that you could be just sitting at a restaurant eating sushi and some random person has seen you naked? Like right now there could be other people that have completely seen you naked and you're just sitting here eating sushi. <laughs> and I was like, and now I'm like, I could be eating sushi and someone's going to be like, you know, her ex looked at her butthole the other day. <laughs> It doesn't weird me out. It doesn't, honestly. And I, I don't know. I feel like, I, like I've had, I feel like I've had this conversation a lot in the past couple like weeks, but I'm an open book. I am an open book. Like whether it's with my friends who know a few, you know, a lot more intimate details of my life, like, or with people on Instagram or here on the podcast, I don't mind sharing all of me. I don't mind sharing all of my truth and all of the struggles that live within me as a person and the things that I'm navigating as a human. Um, I like it. It feels explorative. It helps me to stay present in the current and mm -hmm. it helps me to excavate the parts of my body that may be hidden, but things, excuse me, not the parts of my body, but the parts of just me that may be hidden and I'm not aware of blind spots. Mm -hmm stored belief systems, narratives that I haven't uncovered yet or read yet. And so I think just stepping into this podcast and, you know, our relationship, our friendship and the way that we've explored it in all the ways that we have, it's like such a beautiful thing for me, I think, to help me continue yeah. to grow as a human being. Yeah. Well, and I, I love that Taylor. And I think that the piece too of, I don't know, when, when you say like, it helps me figure out where I have more excavation to do or more learning to do or where stored beliefs are that it, I so agree with that. There's like a piece of bravery mm -hmm. that I know I've had to generate in myself to tell stories. Mm -hmm. And it's because of putting things out of my mouth that then I get to hear them mm -hmm. myself. And so then it helps me pause and say, oh, is that is that true? And, mm -hmm. it, and so it's like, it doesn't have to be, it's not set in stone mm -hmm. just because I say it. Ooh, I had a, I went to see a healer, this woman, and she always says, put everything out there. Like whether you believe in God, the universe, spirit, whatever it is, like whatever you find belief and comfort in, have a conversation, put it out there and know that even if you say it out loud, you can take it back. You can change your mind. And this was a couple of years ago. And that moment in my, it's like that always replace. Like we have the power to be bold in our requests and we have the power to change our mind. Mm -hmm. 
And like you said, once the words leave our mouths and like we put air to words, right? And we can look at that and be like, is this true? And I think that's what you and I do a lot on the polo. We say stuff out loud and then we have this ability to be like, ooh, is that true? Mm-hmm. Is, or is this like fear? Is this shame? Is this, right? who is talking right now? Is it really me? Or is it some other aspect of me that needs to be seen and heard and loved and cared for? Right. Yeah. And I think for me, for such a long time, like this, like it's a whole other kind of conversation, but I didn't want to say things because I thought that whatever I said would be my quote unquote truth. Like Mm. that's like, that's the truth. Mm -hmm. Like I'm telling the truth if I'm in that space. Right. And, and I had to do a lot of, I don't know. I, I like to like think about it. I'm like, yeah, I, and maybe I think, need to think on this more of like, but what, what was that shift for me? I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. sure and where now I can be here and say a, say a lot of random shit and, and, and have less attachment to every yeah. word where I felt like every word was going to matter and where it was going to be a direct reflection on, on me as the words itself, where it's like, there's, there's more in there than that. And and how brave can I be to just say things mm-hmm. and to be in situations and with people that I can just say things and it doesn't have to be pretty or polished. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It can be messy and complicated or layered. And, and that's what we want from each other anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's what I want. Like I share that with mm-hmm. friends all the time. I'm like, it's this, it reminds me of this poem that Jess Jans wrote on Instagram and the caption told a story about their podcast with Jess Jans on Yoga Strong too. Did you, okay. So go back to that podcast, listen to that. They're brilliant poet, but it's all about the almond milk. They made a post about almond milk and it's about this, their friend who went to the grocery store for almond milk for a smoothie and ended up dropping it and like running, like running into this woman. And it was this complicated. And the friend at the end was like, I just wanted to tell you, I didn't get almond milk. Like, and it was just this, but it was a very, and I, I say this now, I say this view, Bonnie, I say this with all my friends. I'm like, I'm here for the almond milk. I'm here for the messy. I'm here for the layered. I'm here for the complicated. I'm here for it all. I want to know all of you. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to watch you like crack yourself open and see what's inside. Mm-hmm. And if I have, if there's trust there between us, may I have the honor to hold space for you while you do that? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I love it. I love it too. I'm like, my brain is going in other ways and I'm like, we're, we're just going to have to be talking for three hours. I have to end this now. <laughs> I know you need to, we need to, we need to, people are like, this is a four hour podcast <laughs> where they're just, I, mean, I would talking. not complain. Yeah. They're just talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what title do we put with this podcast? Um, but truly, oh I, but truly, I think as like a way then of, you know, the many ways that we have talked about so many different aspects of discovery today and and of rewriting a story, of owning a story, of, of putting things out of your, your mouth and out of your body and to allow there to be change and allow there to be a choice that you can make that doesn't have to look like anybody else. Exactly. And, 
and you get to claim that whatever it is and like that's so damn powerful it's so damn powerful whether you have kids or you don't whether you're in conversations with your kids Mm -hmm. whether it's with an ex or a friend or whatnot like you have to your asshole to whoever you want yes if you live in sacramento and you need me to look at your asshole call me text me message (laughs) me i'm here for it i would totally do that i would be like "Mm -hmm, cool tell me your address you can come to my house i will i will look at your asshole yeah yeah well thank you everybody for tuning in today thank you for continuing conversations about sex and exploring and excavating your own intimacy uh, with yourself and with others and continuing to define that and celebrate that yes in whatever ways that means to you yes i love that thank you so much for listening bonnie thank you for having me yeah we'll talk to y'all soon bye